Welcome, one and all, to episode 53 of the Speedbender podcast, where today you'll be talking to the wall, the Gavin wall, about some really practical and actionable stuff. I did an episode last week on financing your business, and I thought it might be useful to delve into another slightly practical but really actionable area, and it's one I know really well, and it's uh, about franchising. Interestingly, it's come up twice in the last fortnight as one of my mentees is considering this avenue, and then another person I was giving some coaching to, who's currently an employee but doing some network marketing, but was looking for a little sort of angle into something else. And when I explained all about franchising and how it works, she loved it, and she headed off at a spring in her step to investigate this area more. Just to give you a bit of background on my interest in franchising, it essentially arose um, because I, I came from a family that was steeped in the professional in the professions, uh, basically in law. But I had an inner belief that entrepreneurship was in my DNA. And I'd done all sorts of entrepreneurial stuff as a teenager, getting a sewing machine for Christmas to alter friends' clothes and charging them for that, getting hair clippers for another Christmas so I could cut hair of other kids and getting paid for that, building a patio when I was 16 years of age, getting shares for Christmas instead of toys, etc. I've mentioned all that before. My, my nickname was Big Bucks as I was growing up because I always had money. But at the same time, although I knew how to wheel and deal, I didn't know how to run a business. So as I got into my 20s and I was trying to escape from the legal shtick, I came across a franchise magazine called Franchising Weekly. And I swear to God, that weekly publication, I mean, this was pre-internet, it became the highlight of my week every single week. It was a bit like what the top top shelf titles were like to the other lads. Some of you will know what that means. I was in love with that magazine. Um, it was my own personal window into the business world. I learned so much about margins, about labour costs, about process, about contracts, about sales, about marketing, finance, about banks, about legals. It was all in there every single week. I was a young lad in my 20s with no idea about business, but I taught myself through these magazines. And then by getting the franchise brochures from each of the companies sent out to me each and every week also, it was really like an Aladdin's cave of information for me. Like I can actually remember, this is going to sound sad, but I can remember like it was yesterday waiting to receive a franchise pack in a CD-ROM from HSBC Bank in the post about 25 years ago. And the excitement around thinking about what I would find out about franchise, about finance for franchise, um, and how I would be able to work out how to work my way around it if I had the information. Now, I knew I could find the answer somewhere in that pack. And then I discovered from reading that pack that HSBC would actually finance 75% of the cost of a franchise business for me. I couldn't believe it. All of a sudden, all I needed to work out what to do was how to find 25% of it, and I was lit. Now, and then that was me then off looking how to finance 25%. And if you go back and listen to my my episode last week on, on finance, you'll find out some of the ways that I used to finance that 25% to get me going. Those are all wonderful memories for me, and you all have access to this type of thing now at the click of a button. If you're interested in any way in running businesses, you should be planning, spending plenty of time hitting up the franchise businesses online. Look, even if you're not considering franchise, that's a great place 
to actually learn about business because no matter what industry you're in, there's almost certainly a franchise opportunity already in your industry and they'll give you bump and they'll give you franchise packs that will help you learn how best to operate a business in your chosen industry because they've already gone down that path that you're thinking about going down and the answers to all the difficult questions will be there in the franchise packs. Now, I hear numpties all the time saying stuff like franchising isn't real business or why would I give away 5-10% to of my net, net turnover to a master franchisor when I can just do the thing myself. But the reason is because the whole franchise system is a very systemized business with an operations manual and all of it is laid out and they do it far better than non-franchise businesses because they've applied the rigour that is required and it's a wonderful lesson to us all. Now there are lots of books out there about franchising and I don't have a particular favourite um, in that space but the foundation stone of how to systemise a business, any business, any small enterprise is found in the amazing book The E-Myth Revisited by Michael Gerber. That book is so important for anyone starting out in business um, or in fact actually anybody who's already engaged in a business because you're almost certainly not systemizing your business properly and you're probably a slave to your own business. So go and get that book, E-Myth Revisited by Michael Gerber. So here are my 10 things which I believe that franchising has um, uh, nailed down in such a great way that you should really be considering franchising as a possibility for yourself um, to open up a business in. Now, number one, 50% of SMEs fail in their first four years. 66% of all businesses fail within 10 years. That means that only a third of all um, SMEs actually have a lifespan of 10 years or more. That's how great the odds are that are stacked against you. In fact, in some sectors such as food, I understand a third of them don't even get the doors open due to unexpected costs such as planning permissions, remedial works, connections to electricity network, etc. However, when we turn to franchise businesses, 90% of them have a success rate over a 10-year period. The difference is huge. So if you want longevity, um, franchising may be the way to go. Number two, getting finance is much easier with a franchise business. The banks understand that a franchise business is more likely to survive and thrive than a non-franchised one. So they're more likely to back a franchised opportunity. And additionally, they're more likely to fund a higher percentage of the capital required for the setup costs of a franchised opportunity. So there's a double bubble there um, for the banks in relation to them being predisposed to franchise rather than non-franchise. Number three, most businesses, in my experience, underestimate or don't understand the importance of marketing, both locally and nationally. And because they don't understand it enough, they don't invest enough in their marketing. Now, it's the age-old, narrow-minded mindset. Now, I'm right here, bang in the middle of the high street. Surely everybody knows I'm here. Catch yourself on. No one knows you're fucking there. Look, I've had Subway stores where I instituted a delivery service. And I can remember delivering to a woman who was 300 metres away from one of our Subway stores. And she said on receipt of her delivery that she didn't know that we were there. Like, we're a massive... Big subway, 300 yards from our door. You need to be proactive on your marketing, both online and off. Franchise businesses are far more, far more likely to do this successfully, and um, particularly as they believe that they're part, they're trying to create a national network, so they, or maybe even an international network, so they will be doing the marketing, both at local and national level. Number four, 
with a franchise, you have an inbuilt support network of other franchisees who are facing issues exactly the same as yours. And with a strong franchise network, you can get support from those other franchisees. And hopefully, you have a strong franchisor who can can guide you too, as they're likely to have been the original franchisee or or pilot area. Also remember that when you're not in the support uh, structure of a franchise network, that anybody else in the same industry as you is likely to be a competitor. So they're unlikely to want to help you um, and they're not going to try <laughs> to, to, to make sure that you survive. They want your front door to close. And this can be a very lonely place for business people. Now, number five, when you're part of a franchise network, because of the systemization of the business, the ops manual and the brand standards are far more likely to keep your business to a higher standard than you would if you're left to your own devices. Of course, if you are if you have a weak um, master franchisor and they don't maintain the brand standards then all other franchisees may be performing below par and they could damage the brand as a whole and the reputation of your business will suffer also but I found particularly um, through say Subway for instance with unannounced evaluations every month that you have to be on the top of your game all the time that you mightn't be if you were just doing it for yourself as you're under a legal threat of closure if you have two bad evaluations in a row. Now, that's a real challenging place to be, but it really does maintain high standards right across a franchise network. Now, number six, and you see, if you have higher standards, you get more turnover, you you employ better staff, and your business operates far more successfully. Number six, if you want to create a business at scale, expansion is far, far easier within a franchise network. Think of all the dominant food-to-go operators that there are across the world. Like Subway, it has 44,000 stores worldwide. McDonald's has 38,000 stores worldwide. Domino's, 16,000 stores worldwide. KFC has 22,000 stores worldwide. These numbers don't lie, folks. There's no accident that there's tens of thousands of stores of these type out there. So whilst you may be able to trade a store or two more profitably than your franchise competitor can on the high street, and you have um, more flexibility maybe to compete in and around a few niche areas, franchised operations hold the keys for longevity and scale if that's what your target is in life. Now, number seven, you don't need experience. This is really important, this one. You don't need experience in the particular market. You don't have to be a master craftsman in this area that you're interested in. All you need is the drive, the determination and the patience to succeed. And if you're listening to the Speed Mentor podcast, I know you have all those in spades. So this franchising could be a really fruitful place for you. The franchisor will train you in all the other stuff that you're going to need and they'll get you up and ready to trade. Number eight. There are franchises in virtually every single sector now. It's not just like it used to be in these capital-hungry um, fast food joints where there's a lot of equipment to be um, uh, be bought and they're all dominated by male franchisees. Franchises can be found in every sector now from energy to care to pets to ice cream, you name it. Um, and you'll have a business involved in that sector. Now, I'm involved um, with one of our tech startups called Aubergine, um, where we're seeking to disrupt the beauty, self-care, cosmetics industry. And we have a franchise proposition built into our offering. It's not the, the intellectual property in the business that we're franchising, but it's the rollout across the country of the sign-up and management and nurturing of new client businesses in those industries that we will use on our platform or will use our platform. And this is an ideal opportunity, particularly um, for, in, for instance, for mothers returning to the workplace 
who don't want to be burdened with a sixth or seven figure sum um, and set up costs like the traditional franchise formats um, need. So Aubergine is part of a new wave where increasing uh, diversity of franchise owner will be coming to a market near you very soon and we'll try and shake up the 70, 30 and male domination in franchising. Now number nine, and we're not the only ones doing that sort of thing, there are other opportunities that fit um, that criteria. Number nine, just some pitfalls to look out for if you're thinking of taking a franchise. Do your due diligence on the rest of the network, folks. Don't just talk to the franchisees they suggest that you talk to. Sniff out others outside the franchisors. Click. Check out the renewal opportunity also in the franchise agreement and make sure that there's a renewal opportunity in there and a good one at that. Now, I'm not too hung up about the British Franchise Association. There are some good franchises opportunities inside the BFA umbrella and there are some bad ones and there are some good ones outside and some bad ones outside. Now, get friendly also. Here's a bit of advice with HSBC and any of the other banks. They know lots about all of the franchise opportunities that there are out there because they finance 70% of them. And also bear in mind that with franchising, you don't own the intellectual property of the business. You're just a custodian of the brand. It's not really yours if you're the creative type, and that's really important to you, franchising probably isn't for you. Number 10, here's a bit of advice. When I'm dealing with a new franchisor or trying to sign up, get involved in a new franchise business, um, and I've dealt with many of them, absolutely loads of them, for instance, Johnny King, Mailboxes, etc., Domino's, Connecta, which was an international phone card business I did back in the day, Freshy, I've dealt with lots of those. And with every single one of them, I assume that everything that happens in the franchise process is a test of my resilience, of my drive, of my resourcefulness, of my desire. And I assume that any glitches in the franchisee recruitment process are them testing me. And at the end of the process, I always, and I mean always, get to the stage where the franchisor wants to have me as a franchisee. And then at that stage... The power is back in my hand as I assess the process, investigate how the network is performing and decide whether I want to join it. So keep that approach, that approach of mine in your mind. It could be just a test that the franchisor is testing you to see if you've got the chops for the job. So if you've got the chops, stick with it and then get the power back at your hands in the end and you make the decision about whether it's right for you. Start getting along. Also, start getting along to franchise exhibitions that are run right across the, the country. There's a huge one, for instance, at the Birmingham NEC, which I attended, and everything and anything will actually be there. I, re- I actually recommend that the Birmingham NEC, you try and get yourself into the VIP section run by HSBC, and that would be really useful for your network. And I once did a deal in there for seven domino stores, which stemmed from a meeting I had at that VIP section of the HSB um, thing at the NEC. As it happens, I worked on that deal for seven months. The due diligence was all done. The finance was all in place and I got jilted at the altar by the vendor. But those are the breaks. You win some, you lose some. But that section at the Birmingham NEC of the franchise exhibition is where it all happens. Now, I find some entrepreneurs get a little bit snobby or up themselves. Franchised operations aren't real businesses. But if you want to learn how businesses should be run or build quickly with scale, then a franchised opportunity is definitely for you. Another thing to think about is if you're currently run a successful business, you could possibly be thinking about turning it into a franchise opportunity for others. Um, And that may be something that you should really be thinking about. And I'm actually discussing that with one of my mentees at the minute. And you know what else? For all the employees who are out there who contact me regularly wanting to maybe get more from their working life but not knowing where to start, 
and checking out the franchising scene is definitely something for you. Hope you all found my insight into franchising usefully. And if you did, drop me a line and let me know if the practical, actionable stuff like this is useful and I'll build a bit more of it into the Speed Mentor podcast series. In the meantime, don't forget to subscribe and leave me a review. They really are the lifeblood to keep this boy, this Belfast boy, flying the flag or flags for this wee place. Here's a review recently left by uh, Wearzo just a couple of days ago. And Wearzo says, that must be somebody from Belfast, name like Wearzo. Uh, Since listening to this podcast, I have been inspired and challenged, motivated and admonished. I do like a wee bit of the admonishment. Um, Gavin, in one sense, gives you a lot of encouragement to go out and be your best as you can be, but also tells you off when necessary to just get things done. I love listening to someone local who helps me in my personal development, a great tool and excellent listening on my way to work which ensures I make the most of every day by taking massive action. Thank you very much, Weirzo. That's a first-class review of the podcast. I couldn't have said that better myself. Now, don't forget, the Speed Mentor Retreat is only three days away. Amazingly, there's still one place left. Reach out and grab the feckin' thing today and invest in yourself before somebody else does. Now, until next time, the key to your success is in your own hand. What do you want to do with that key? It's your choice. I'm a man on a mission.